um, first of all, in today's, you know, society, many couples, both people are bringing home the bacon. And if one person is going out to work, generally the other person is at home doing the work. So I think that's a cop out. And I think to just say, well, I'm going out and I'm earning the money, so I don't have to do anything else. I think that's bull. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman, with 40 years of marriage under her belt, along with 25 years as a marriage therapist, shares her top five pieces of marriage advice. Stay tuned. If you've listened to this podcast, you know we love our wine club, and we're going to shamelessly plug it again. This year, our wine club partner, Touring and Tasting, is celebrating their 20th anniversary and are offering special deals and discounts on top of their already existing deals and discounts throughout the year. We love the Hitched Wine Club because it's a monthly reminder to slow down and reconnect. Yes, date night ideas are included with each shipment. We have several different levels of the wine club, from the happy couple and marital bliss to soulmates and happily ever after. Right now, you can join the happy couple wine club level with your first shipment 50% off, bringing the total to under $25. And the shipping is always free. This is a limited time offer, so don't wait. Visit hitchmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of hitchmag.com. I am joined once again with the always fabulous Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, and I've got a big smile on my face. That was lovely of you, Steve. <laughs> uh, always a pleasure. Um, you know... We are way past the wedding season and all that stuff, um, but I I have to say, like, this is one of those questions that comes up a lot with marriage, and I was recently at um, somebody's going away party for, they were moving out of town, and somebody asked me what I did, and I told them, and they, their first question, and this is not the first time this has happened to me, but their very first question was, okay, so what's your best marriage advice? And so I am going to shuck that responsibility right now (laughs) (laughs) and pass that on to you, Karen. And I'm going to ask for not one, but let's, let's, let's aim for five. And if, if we can't come up with five, that's fine. But let's shoot for, if you were to talk to a newlywed or somebody who is um, about to get married, what your five best pieces of marriage advice are. And these could be based on research you've read these could be based on personal experiences these could be based on things that you've seen uh that are effective within your practice whatever whatever the case may be um but actually before you do that let me throw this out there because i i think i failed to introduce you properly karen other than saying that you're fabulous um karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues uh she is an author uh she is uh also her own podcast slash radio host on uh her show uh your empowered relationship on the sex talk radio network uh and you can get all that information at her website drkarensherman.com and of course she's also a fantastic contributor to hitched uh and you can go back and listen to all the great podcasts that she's done. Um, so now we are going to really put you on the spot, Karen. Um, I, I think I bought you a little bit of time to think of some good answers. So hit me with number one. What is your best piece of marriage advice? Number one. 
the best piece based on research, based on my own experience, based on doing this for 25 years with couples is you have to respect your mate because um, if you put them down, if you judge them, if you make them feel lousy, that is going to corrode your marriage. Um, and so it's really, really important that you respect them just the way you say that you will in your vows. Now, interestingly, um, that respect has to be not only, you know, um, in the way that you treat them uh, in the house, but also outside the house. As a matter of fact, and this is this is going to sort of bleed off into number two, um, one of the interesting things that I ever came across was that one of the biggest betrayals that a person could do to their partner is to speak badly about them in public, that that's a real sense of humiliation. It's a real, um, you know, breach of trust. You know, and most of us think that um, we break one another's trust if there's some kind of an affair, if there's um, some kind of gambling, if there's some kind of drug abuse. But very interestingly, um, one of the real concerns is if you humiliate your partner in public. So to me, those go hand in hand, that you want to be respectful of your partner and you want to make sure that you speak nicely about your partner and to your partner when you're in front of people. Okay. So, uh, I mean, being respectful of your partner, I know that can be somewhat of a mindset as well. So people can think that they're being respectful, mm -hmm. um, but perhaps their spouse doesn't feel like that respect is demonstrated. Mm -hmm. um, outside of not speaking ill about your partner uh, when in public or perhaps even in private, what are, what are some other ways that you could really show your spouse that they have your respect and um, yeah, that they, yeah, that they have your respect? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think that if, you know, look, you're two different people. And so as much as you may think that you have so much in common initially, what's going to happen is when the dust settles, you're going to realize that you do have differences. So as those start to come out, respect those differences. Don't make fun of each other. Don't put each other down. Be willing to listen to your partner's differences and again, respect them. You may not agree with it, but that doesn't mean that you make a sigh, that you roll your eyes, that, you know, you don't bother to listen to what they have to say. You know, you are, again, respecting that they are a person in their own right, and you don't judge what they have to say, and you're willing to listen to it. So that's another example of, of how you would be respectful. Be tolerant of the other person. Don't be um, short with the other person so that if they, let's say, um, aren't as quick as you with something, uh, don't get annoyed right away with them. Um, understand that each of you are going to have your strengths and your weaknesses, or, you know, one of you might be able to do something a little bit faster or better. The other one, you know, may not be that way. Don't become intolerant with it. Again, it's an, it's a matter of accepting who your mate is and being okay with it. Now going to work every day and bringing home the bacon, let's say, Mm-hmm. Would that be considered a sign of respect toward your spouse 
because I know a lot of people might think like, I, I don't have to say it. I, I show it by getting up every morning, doing that. Or is that kind of like a cop-out excuse, do you think? I think it's a cop-out excuse, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I think that, um, first of all, in today's you know society, many couples, both people are bringing home the bacon. And if one person is going out to work, generally the other person is at home doing the work. So I think that's a cop-out. And I think to just say, well, I'm going out and I'm earning the money, so I don't have to do anything else, I think that's bull. Um, I think that you want to appreciate that the other person is a human being and be treated as a human being where you can literally honor that they have feelings and that um, they deserve to be treated nicely. Mm -hmm. It comes down to that. Yeah. Okay. And so, so respects number one. Yes. Give give me another one. What's another, and you know, I, I almost hate ranking this stuff too, but um, give me another best marriage advice. Okay. So the next one I'm going to speak about, and again, I don't know if I want to put this in order, but the next one, which I sort of alluded to, so let's go there, is you want to build trust in your relationship. You want to have trust in your relationship. Now, in prior podcasts, we've discussed trust, and for some people, that's going to be a little difficult because they've got trust issues that were there having nothing to do with the partner, you know, that that comes from their childhood. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to be a little bit more difficult. But you want to certainly maintain trust within your relationship and have accountability in your relationship. Now, I'm not saying that your mate should be your parent and you have to report into them. But once you're in a committed relationship, there should be a certain amount of letting each other know, like, you know, where you are, what you're doing. And, um, you know, that you do have responsibility to your mate to um, sort of work together as a partnership as far as whatever plans you have decided, whatever systems you've decided as far as your finances, as far as, um, you know, what you've worked out is the way you go out. Do you, you know, are you ma- going to still maintain some times where you're still going to go out and see your, your friends individually, but you tell each other about it. Um, and again, uh, even trusting, and again, here's another breach. If I open up and I tell you something about myself, mm-hmm. I need to trust that you're not going to throw that back in my face. Because if I have made myself vulnerable and really exposed myself to you, I need to know that it's safe with you. If you throw that back in my face, I'm never going to feel that I can be intimate with you emotionally. Yeah. So so trust, the, so trust really builds and breeds intimacy then. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so again – Trust is is on many different levels, and once trust is broken, it can be repaired, but it takes a lot of work. Um, you know, but again, it can be repaired. But that's an important component of a good relationship. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So, uh, give me another one. N- number three here. Okay. Number three, I would say, is um, knowing how to manage your conflicts. Now. Um, anytime I have a couple who comes in and says, oh, we never, we never have problems. We never have conflicts or fights. That's a red flag to me. To me, it's almost like they don't feel safe enough 
to get into, you know, little disputes with each other. And I'm going to be very frank here. Initially, my husband and I used to be one of those couples. I came from a dysfunctional home where there was fighting all the time. And so that scared me. And he came from a home where, again, they just never talked about anything. And so he wasn't comfortable doing it either. And, you know, we finally had to get past that hump because things build up. So it's perfectly reasonable to have conflicts. Again, you're two different people Mm -hmm. and you're going to not see eye to eye all the time. The issue is how do you manage your conflicts? Because even in your conflicts, you, you can still maintain respect for each other, where you listen to the other's point of view, where you are willing to hear them out, um, where you can, um, you know, try to see the other person's perspective, um, where you learn how to communicate properly. And there's actually certain rules that you follow about, you know, how to, to manage a conflict. You know, a quick one is that, um, you don't attack the other person that you don't, um, bring up things. You know, if you're arguing about the fact that, um, um, you didn't, you invited your parents over for the entire week between Christmas and New Year's and you never consulted with me. You only argue about that. You don't bring in, oh, and remember last year, you also did so-and-so. And I remember five years ago, you did so, you stick to the point of what you're arguing about. Um, so th- there are actually different tools that you can use to learn how to have a conflict. Now, I'm going to, if you don't mind me butting in here really quick, I actually have a – this might sound like a corny question, but if you are having a disagreement and your your spouse does pull that maneuver where they say, well, you know, last year you blah, 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 mm-hmm. as, a, as a tool, would you say that at that point you should say, like, no, like we can talk about that later, but yes. for now let's discuss – Yes. This issue, even though you're the one that's being attacked because you are the one that did the inviting without consulting? Yes. You can say, look, I understand that that clearly, since you brought it up, that still upsets you. And therefore, I think we need to talk about that. But if if we're going to try to really settle this issue that you're upset with me that I invited my parents, you know, let's get through this issue you know, right now. And then we come back to that at a later point. Got it. Okay. And I, you know, I think it for anybody that's listening to this episode who haven't listened to previous episodes, go back into the archives. Cause we have tons of stuff on conflict resolution, um, which lays out all the points and gives scripts about what you can specifically say and, and the environments in which you do it in and, we really break down a lot of these rules. So I, I, I do recommend going back and checking that out. And of course there's, there's articles on the website. So, um, okay. So, and you know, the really interesting thing, Karen, as we're going through this list here is how intertwined each of these elements are. Yes. Um, when you talk about knowing how to manage conflict, it gets back into that trust issue of trusting that something isn't thrown in their face while you're doing going through conflict resolution and then having enough respect for your spouse that you wouldn't bring that up in the first place. Like these are all deeply intertwined dynamics. Um, right. And I, I almost feel like it's kind of like a race car that when everything is working and it's all in tune, it all hums along just spectacularly. But if one nut is just a little loose, 
all of a sudden it breaks this thing and that breaks that thing. And all of a sudden the whole car is just a heaping pile of a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I agree with you certainly on those first three. Now the next one I'm going to suggest, I don't know if you'd weave in quite the same, um, but you know, but maybe you can. I'm glad I got the analogy in early then. (laughs) Um, I think it's really important that you do something you did at the beginning of your relationship that tends to fall by the wayside once you get into daily living, which is to appreciate each other um, and to appreciate the mundane. Um, Because basically, you know, you're just sending the message all the time, you matter, you're being acknowledged. So, you know, whether it's, you know, you know, thanks for, for taking out the garbage. You know, I remember once saying to my husband, I really appreciate that, you know, you've made a nice living our entire lives because it really has helped me to feel, you know, safe and secure. Um, I, I just said that because it was a nice, you know, I, I, yeah. I really felt that way and I wanted him to know that. And let me tell you, I mean, it's not like we're millionaires, but he provided for me a, a very secure sense, which is something I didn't have as a child. So, you know, I did that or, you know, he thanks me every night for making dinner for him. Um, because I've made the effort and where I live, a lot of women don't cook anymore. So he's always appreciative that I do that for him. So I think that that's important because those little niceties help to know, you know, yes, I'm noticing you, I'm acknowledging you and you matter to me. Okay. Okay. Now I have a personal question. What's your go-to dish if you want to woo somebody? Let's talk food really quick. My go-to dish if I want to what? Woo somebody. If you want to like impress them with your cooking skills. Or, or, you, or I take that back. Not impress them with your cooking skills. If you want to put a smile on somebody's face with your food, what is, what is it that you make? I make a very good shrimp scampi. Mm. My husband never orders shrimp scampi out because my shrimp scampi is very good. <laughs> that is a good feeling when you know that what you're putting out is better than what they can get elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Good. Okay, here's the next tip. And this one I'm going to say because I've been married, it will be 40 years this summer. Okay. Which is to learn to let things go. And especially since we're talking to the newlyweds, it's really a hard thing to do at the beginning because, you know, things change with perspective. Um, There are things that you understand as you get older that you don't when you're younger. And, you know, one of the things that, many of the things that bother my husband about me, which I can't even imagine, (laughs) and likewise me about him, are the very same things that bothered us 40 years ago. Only now we laugh about them. Because does it really matter? Look at the whole package, look at the big picture, and it just doesn't matter. So develop a sense of humor, you know, be willing to let things go, and I think it just makes life a lot easier because really it it, it just, in the end, the little things just don't matter. Mm -hmm. So, so what would be your recommendation then to to let that stuff go? Because it's one thing to say it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it's really easy to say. You know what? That's just a cork. That's a habit. They grew up with it, or that's just how they've always been. And you you knew this going into it. Uh, but but then actually getting over that hump, and you're right. I think time 
does put things in perspective where you realize like, you know, we've been through, you know, all sorts of stuff as a couple over decades, you know, you on coming up on 40, congratulations. Um, And so those small things do seem small now, but when you have, you know, 12 months of marriage under your belt, it, that small thing might seem like that is the biggest issue in your life at that moment. Right. So, so how how do you put it in that perspective when you don't have the time to have that perspective? Okay, so I've got two suggestions. The first is, and this can be not only in regard to your mate, but in life. Think about what's bothering you and say to yourself, okay, is this going to bother me a week from now, a month from now, six months from now? That gives you a little perspective, mm-hmm. okay? Because obviously whatever's bothering you is very much in the present. So you have to give yourself a little bit of distancing. The other thing is, look at the whole picture. So in other words, if my whatever my husband just did is really annoying, I try to then, you know, look at, look at the forest for the trees. I look at everything about him. And I sort of say, you know, this is annoying. But then I think about all the other good qualities he has, and I decide that I can let this go because if I look at everything about him, this thing doesn't weigh that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you, you at the beginning of this point stressed how the same things that annoy you, annoyed you 40 years ago still annoy you today, but the difference is now you laugh at it. Right. Um, if on your, under that first exercise that you mentioned about imagining six right. months out or a year out, right. um, you, you, got, know, you could imagine 40 years out and these things would still annoy you, but you have right. found a way to turn that into giggles. Like, how do you how do you flip that mindset? Like, well, you know what? This is just a charming quirk of theirs that I'm just going to laugh at because it's so ridiculous that they still do this after all this time. Right. Well, I, you caught me on that. That's a good pickup. But I think it has more to do with the second one, which is to say, okay, let's look at the whole picture here. And, you know, is this really something that, you know, I'm going to allow to bother me when there's so many other things that um, are really in the positive column. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that shouldn't be very difficult, too, for somebody who has recently married somebody else, because presumably you, you made that leap uh, because of all the fantastic qualities that they embody, right? So, right. And know. now I'm going to do something. The more that you can appreciate your mate, the more that you're going to remember the positive qualities. Oh, okay. Okay. So if you have been mindful and more aware of the things that you like about each other, then when something bothers you, it's it's not going to be quite so upsetting because you're going to be able to fall back on the things that you've been thinking about that are, are nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, that, I, you know, I don't know if you've been counting, but I believe that is five. That is so, five. So we reached our goal here. Um, uh, did, did, did you have any other final bits that you, that are gnawing at you, that you, at you that you need to get out? Or do you want us to wrap this one up? Let me see. Um, I'll tell you what, while you think, yes. I will go through the list for everybody who's been okay. listening. Okay. So the list is respect, trust, Know how to manage your conflicts, reenact those early habits, and then learn to let things go. Okay. I thought of another one. Okay. And this is from the research. Okay. Um, You want to be able to change things up, to do things that are novel. 
because uh, one of the things that they have found is that boredom will kill a relationship. So you don't have to go hang gliding um, and you don't have to do like really, you know, weird and crazy things. But if, let's say you're the kind of couple that really just likes to go to movies and restaurants and that's it. At least go to different restaurants yeah. so yeah. that you're doing something different. Okay. And another one that I'm going to tell you is that um, please do not go into a relationship. Uh, this is going to be a two-parter. Do okay. not come into a relationship planning on changing your partner. Um, that is a very erroneous kind of expectation. Um, but in addition to that, the more that you can encourage your partner and support your partner for who he or she is, um, to cheer them on, so to speak, the more that your relationship will flourish because your partner will feel really good about who they are and about the fact that they're getting support from you. Okay. Well, those are fantastic tips. Um, and so anybody listening out there who gets asked this question, you now have a script you can follow. <laughs> <laughs> and you could say by, that this is information from the best in the biz. So I hope this has been helpful. And I want to thank you for your time, Karen. This is, uh, I, I always find the, your perspective uh, interesting and insightful and enlightening. And obviously it's um, well, well educated in, in like the perspective of where it comes from too. So that's where the power comes from. So thank you so much, Karen. Always a pleasure, Steve. Uh, so before you guys log off, I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues uh, for several decades now, um, but still only about half as long as she's been married. Uh, she is the author of many best-selling books, uh, including Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She's the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can find this information on her website, drkarensherman.com. As I mentioned earlier, she is also the host of her own show uh, called Your Empowered Relationship on the Sex Talk Radio Network. Uh, you can find this information on our website, hitchedmag.com, where you can also find past episodes of the podcast. Uh, and if you're looking for ways to subscribe to the podcast, uh, you know, I don't know how you find this, how you're listening to this right now, but we are on Stitcher, we are on iTunes, um, and of course you can listen directly from our website. If you have a question for us, there is a button on our, excuse me, on our podcast page where you can email us questions. Uh, you can shoot uh, a tweet at us. Uh, you can hit us up on Facebook. You can uh, send us a message on Google+. And uh, you can follow all the things that we are doing on the other social networks as well, on Pinterest, Tumblr, Instagram. Uh, so uh, check us out. Let us know what you think. And if you have a comment about anything that we have talked about, uh, if you want to give us a rating, um, we appreciate that as well. And you can do that on iTunes or Stitcher and let everybody else know uh, how great you think Karen's advice is. Uh, I think if I was allowed to go in there and comment every episode, I would. But, you know, iTunes only lets you do it like once uh, per account on per podcast. So uh, we, if you do that, we would greatly appreciate it. So uh, that is going to do it for us this week. But one last time, thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right. Take care, everybody. 